Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Hey, the first woman that we have tonight to speak to you has been part of our family for a long time. She's been a significant part of almost every area of the life of church, most notably in our kids' space, which is often unseen in the part that she does. But the overflow is often seen in the part that the parent takes the kid home and goes, where'd you learn that? I better start praying more. <laughs> and it's awesome. Uh, also, you had a big part in our hosting team and for years just been a great part of our family. We're so excited to hear from Zoe tonight. Why don't you make some noise? Welcome, Zoe. Get him. Woo. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, team. Can I just say, um, a couple of years ago, I was a part of the worship team here, and I just think these guys have stepped it up, and they're top-notch, and I just value everything you do, um, particularly the hours that you practice it at Unseen, and just the little um, the little things that you do together as a team with the production team. Shout out to them. Um, the f- like, first equal, best team, maybe? No bias, but yeah, just thank you for what you bring and like the gifts that you um that you bring to the church. It's really an honour to just to minister into that. Um, so as Nick said, I've been a part of this house for like nearly six years, um, and this year I decided to take um, a chance and to become an intern. Um, but my road to becoming an intern probably started two years ago when Pastor Tico first nudged me to do it. And so I'd done all my paperwork, I got Pastor Tico to do a reference for me, and then I'm just like, mm, nah, I'm going to go back to uni. Um, so I did six weeks of a master's course to realise it wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be here, so I'm back here now. Um, yeah, church life for me has been awesome. I don't um, come from a Christian family. Um, they're currently not Christians, but they will one day. Um, so to be a part of this house is awesome to really find connection. I just encourage you, if this is your first time or you've been here for a couple of months, just get involved in an e-group, an e-team. Just really, you're going to thrive there. Um, like I have, I've been a part of many different areas and just been totally honoured in that. And I've just seen what God can do through the little things and people and just the joy you can bring to serving and how God loves that. Um, so one thing that I want to talk tonight that's come out of my own experience with God is who you're listening to. I find it's really important um, to kind of bring this tonight. Um, so um, I kind of find being that I'm not a mum yet, but I'm still, I live at home this year because um, cheap rent and everything. Um, and I still... I still find like God nudging me when um, I kind of know it's time to do the dishes and I'll kind of treat myself to do other things or maybe even lie down on the couch and attempt to sleep, even though I did that when I was a little kid and my mum knows that trick by now, so <laughs> I'm screwed. But, um, you know, we all have this mode to go into selective hearing. Um, you know, we don't want to respond and do something when it's out of our comfort zone or we see it as boring. 
you know, and I think we can have the same approach with God. Um, when I was thinking about tonight, I felt God really called me to encourage you to listen to him above everyone else, um, despite what your season looks like. As Christians, I think we can be really good at listening to God in the good times, but when we're facing a challenge, I think we can be really hesitant to hear him and just get really down and not want to hear what he has to say. Um, but And we kind of forget that um, by listening to God in the, the peak of the time when it's really hard, we might be on the edge of breakthrough. Um, you know, life can sometimes throw you curveballs. You're having a great week and everything seems to be going well. You know, work's going fantastic. And then you get hit with a curveball. You know, something just comes out of the, the air almost. And you're like, where did that come from? I don't want to deal with this right now. God, you gave me such a good week. And this is crap. Like, what the? Like, I thought you were good. Um, you know, and I think... How we respond to this can really impact the outcome. Um, you know, I know it can be a struggle sometimes to keep listening to God uh, when everyone around you is telling you something different. Um, so going back to 2013, I was just about to, what I thought, finish up my honours year. Um, but then I got a call up from the head of my department saying that I'd failed a paper um, and then I went through some testing, and I actually found out I was dyslexic. Um, four days before Christmas, I had my life planned out. I had a job waiting, and I was so gutted, man. Like, I'd sacrificed many hours of going out with my friends because I felt like God called me to do an honours year that I didn't want to do. Um, and it had been taken away from me before I even got there. Um, so going through the process, finding that out, and then going back to university, and they're saying, no, sorry, we know circumstance, but we're not going to take you back. And, you know, finding out that your professors, for legal reasons, can't support you, and they're in tears, you're in tears, it's just a, a mess, is really heartaching. Um, but in that moment, I heard, you know, um, God really speak to me and told me to keep my eye out for opportunity. Um, so being the research nutter that I was, I turned up the university's regulation and emissions uh, policy back to front, finding any loophole I could in order to stick it to them. Um, luckily, I found a loophole which would, um, I'd have to go up against the council and I'd have to debate why I thought I should get let in and me pretty much you know, having a high rate of success. Um, you know, so there was one chance of me getting in um, and I'd actually been told by my professors and by heads and deans that um, no one in my situation had ever gained re-entry and pretty much told me don't even try. Um, so the chances of getting back in were slim um, but in this moment um, I had to choose to make a decision was I going to let defeat stop me from seeing the potential um, of stepping out in faith and having hope and belief that God would be with me? Um, and in the Bible, um, this week, I was just reading about Joshua, how, like, making a decision 
you know, there's two ways and there's two outcomes. Where Joshua in verse chapter, sorry, 9, verses 3 to 6, um, we kind of see this story playing out how um, Joseph was coming into the promised land and the inhabitants of Gibeon had heard that he was coming and heard that um, God had called him and the Israelites to destroy anyone in their path. So they dressed up and hid as ambassadors and told Joseph that they were from far, far away instead of the neighbours. Um, and so Joseph, oh, sorry, Joshua. Um, Joshua, without ever consulting God or listening to him, just said, yeah, I'll make a covenant with you. Come be my like homies. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he forgot about, in Deuteronomy um, chapter 7, too, it talks about how God had commanded um, them to um, destroy and show no mercy to the inhabitants of that land. So Joshua went against God's word here. Um, and because of this, um, you know, Joseph, Joshua came to realise this after three days what he had done. But because he had told them, I'm going to make a covenant with you, show mercy, he couldn't actually destroy them. So he had to live aside of these people. And then if we fast forward, you know, a couple of decades, years, they were cursed into slavery. And these people were actually um, converted into Islam through the Arabs. And their descendants today, it's been studied, um, are actually a part of the people in the Palestine and Israeli conflict in Gaza that's been happening for decades and is still going. So it's really important to listen to God because um, we can never know how long the curse is going to run for and how deadly it's going to be. Um, so when we are disobedient to God by listening to others, we can't be surprised at the outcome, the consequences. Um, you know, um, God's not our fairy godmother. He's not going to tidy up our mess. Like, he loves us and shows mercy on us. But if we don't listen to him, we can't be surprised. You know, stuff happens. He's warned us. Um, but this is not where God wants you to be. Um, God doesn't want you to make these kind of mistakes and suffer. Um, there's a quote that goes, God made you and had plans for you long before anyone else had an opinion about your life. And I think it's, like, important. Sometimes we can kind of forget that and just go for what other people tell us. Um, and, you know, we can kind of think the storm we're in is our own battle and we take on the strength and it can be hard and, you know, it can be just an overwhelming weight that we can't carry. Um, and, you know, we, I always kind of are alluded to this thing of our timing and God's timing, like how, you know, the instant packet of noodles, I want it now. Like, has anyone seen, like, is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, how Veruca Salt, you know, the little uptight girl, always wants everything now? You know, I think sometimes we can be like children and want stuff now and not understand that God's got his timing for a purpose. Maybe we can't take what he's about to give us right now or maybe it would just end in disaster. So, you know, he doesn't want that for his children. He loves you. There is always a reason. Um, cool. And um, the last 
The last um, verse I kind of wanted to talk about the other way we fast forward quickly is Second Chronicles 20, 14 to 15, where it says, um, don't be afraid or dismayed about the great magnitude, for the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. Um, and for me, I couldn't be like, I decided not to be like um, Joshua and, you know, just give in to what other people wanted of me. I had to be like the people of Judah and go forward and not be afraid. And church tonight, I just wanted to kind of um, talk to you about this. Maybe you're in school and you're, um, you know, people are telling you, bullying you, telling you, belittling you, you know, and it goes against God's word. Um, or maybe at your university and your friends are wanting you to go out and they're stopping you from coming to church and hearing God's word or just being around your church family. Or maybe your family or the people in your workplace, because they don't have the vision of God, are like, no, no, who's this crazy God? He can't do that. No, I think we've got to start hoping and believing again for things. And in that, when we stand up against the devil, that's when breakthrough is going to come through and you're going to have a testimony to show with everyone else. And like, Because no one can defeat a testimony from God. Because it's just unexplainable. It is what it is. Um, So tonight, church, I just want you to remember that the battle is not yours. It is the Lord. You go in His strength and you go in His love. Cool, awesome. Thank you. Yeah! Ah, that's good. Gospel on a Sunday night. That was efficient. So good. I didn't know my Bible had the word homies in it, but that was awesome. That was really cool. Man, isn't it like, isn't it amazing when like God hits you hard when somebody says something so gently? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Do you know, I think sometimes we listen to ourselves way too much. I heard this thing this week where this guy was saying, he once heard this story where like, Satan was sitting on the side of the road crying and someone went up and said, why are you crying? And Satan's like, they did my job for me. I didn't even get to tell them. He was so gutted that, yeah, that we talked ourselves out of it. That's amazing. What a message. I love when we hear God because it sets us up like you've got to be close to hear Him. But if you stay close, man, it sets your life on a track where you can use the gifts and the grace Hey, I'm so excited to to just be able to hand the mic over to uh, my friend and partner in crime, Jesse. Why don't you welcome Jesse? Woo! Get him! Calm it down, calm it down, guys, guys, guys. Okay, while you're standing, everyone get up. If you're not standing, yeah, come on, make an effort. Let's go. Push play, cardio. If you didn't do cardio today, this should push play. Anyone go like this? Anyone go like this? Shake a body, shake a body. Yeah, now sit down. That's your push play for the day, guys. Yeah, it's your exercise for the year. Um, and here, let's get it started. Um, hi, everyone. For you that, that don't know me, my name is Jessie. Um, yeah, hey. Um, I've been at Coopers coming up to two years, and in my first year that I was... Um, that I attended the church, you know, God did, like, massive things in my life, and um, within that year, I took up the chance of being an intern, and um, it's been the best best decision of my life, 
So, yeah, um, I had a bit of a wardrobe change. I had my hair in a bun, but I put it in a um, ponytail because in case, you know, the enemy tries to come while I'm doing my, um, <laughs> my sermon, I just whip my ponytail. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Hi. <laughs> um, anywho, okay, so um, the title of my, um, my sermon tonight is, um, yeah, Change Your Mindset, going from is this it to this is it. You know, changing the way we see things. Um, so I'm going to base my, my sermon tonight on the book of Matthew about the talents. So, yeah. I really wanted to open up the views of how we see our gifts and talents that God has blessed us with. So if you've got your Bibles with you, come with me to the book of Matthew. If you don't, your devices. Um, if you don't have your Bible, don't look around, okay? Because you're just going to shame everyone out, okay? Anyhow, so we go from... Matthew 25, verse 14 to 18. And again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them. While he was gone, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last servant, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip... Oh, my ponytail's been away. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant who had two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, when we hear this story, we'd like to think most of the time we're more like the first two servants. And I'm... Um, Like, I'm sure in our lives we are more like the first two servants, but later on things can happen, and when we look at it, we're more like the last servant. So um, tonight I wanted to focus a little bit more about him. We now, you know, later on in verse 24, um, and it mentions that he was afraid of the master, so he hid his talent. Now, um, we are all beautifully and wonderfully made in our own unique ways, some more unique than others, (laughs) and some, you know, just, yeah, you're all beautiful. Anywho, um, yeah, just go away. Um, I just wanted to share, personal share. So um, today I wanted to base our sermon, um, I've got some physical things in case you're a visual person. Um, A lot of the time, if we look at things, you know, God gives us a gift. And like the one talent of the, the servant, when God gave him a gift, he looked at it like this. But what God really wants you to do is look at the gift like this. And many things can come out of here, okay? So for me today, I wanted to share a little story about me. So when I was little, um, I loved to sing. Nothing brought me more joy than to sing Celine Dion in my grandparents' makeshift um, shed. And um, I used to be so loud, I was battling my cousins because I was like, no, if Celine Dion was right in front of us, I'm sure she'll pick me to do a solo with her. So, yeah, I was going against, like, my two, <laughs> my two male cousins, and I was like, oh, my life, if Celine Dion was here, she'd be so proud of me. And so, um, yeah, fast track to the following year, I moved down to Christchurch, moved here to be with my parents because my grandparents were moving to Australia, and um, I couldn't go with them. 
don't know why. So, oh well, better choice for me here. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, you know, in, in Auckland, I had the best time ever. My grandparents let me do what I want. Singing was like the best thing ever. You know, Celine Dion was like the Britney of today. She was like the Cardi B of the It Factor, whatever it was. But yeah, it's before all of you was porn. Um, yeah, no, oh, I loved to sing. And I didn't care how loud I was, I didn't care if the neighbours heard me, didn't care if my grandparents heard me, I just sang anything that was a song, I'd be singing it. I came to Christchurch with my, grand, with my parents and they went to a traditional Samoan AOG church and if you're an islander, there's one special day for all of us children and that's called White Sunday. But it's not a day that we get to be happy because it's still controlled by adults. And yeah... Seriously. And if you don't get your, you know, your sermon right, you're just, this is my mother, right at the back looking at, <laughs> if I got one wrong, it's, you know, oh, you just don't want to know. You're, you should be thankful. Praise God that you've come to this church. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. So um, my auntie was my Sunday school teacher. And like, out of the six people in our class, she gave two solos to her six students, and one of them was me, and I think it was a bit biased because I was her niece, but oh well. Anywho, she gave me the song to sing, and like it's supposed to be something that you're really proud of because your parents are going to be like, yeah, she made it. And oh gosh, yeah, the the practices were just so hard. Um, Anywho, I got home, started practicing, and the point of what I want to go to is... um, I had someone speak something into my life that I partnered with because I agreed with it. I allowed someone to speak something that wasn't of me and somehow it came a part of me. And so, um, you know, just imagine the best thing you ever loved was just crushed in a few words. And those words were, you can't sing. Don't sing like that. Sing like me. Here, let me show you how you're supposed to sing. And then from then on, like, I literally was like, oh, my gosh, what I do? It's like I didn't know how to tie my shoes. I don't have laces, but it was like I couldn't tie my shoes. You know, it was like everything you knew how to do, you, it, you just had to throw it away. And I just wanted to encourage you tonight that if someone has spoken something like that to you, don't agree with it because it's not of you. If it didn't come from God, it's not of God, okay? Yeah. So let's just go right back to here. Because um, the Holy Spirit was talking to me, and now it's all gone. <laughs> I'm joking. You know what? Just, yeah, just let it go. Let it go. He said, just drop it. So I will drop it. Anyhow, let's go back to this. Like I said, many of the times we see our gifts and talents, and it looks like this. But if we look at our gifts and talents like this, like that one servant who dug a hole and put his um, gift in it, if he was patient and he agreed to the master, he would have seen the outcome of it. Now, if we switch the master to, the, to, to God, switch them and put God in that area and I put myself in the servant's position, well, I want to know how would he feel about me. You know, he gave me one talent and for over 18 years I hid it. I came to this church and Pastor Tika was like, hey, do you want to join the choir? And I was like, why, because I'm black? You think I can sing because I'm black? <laughs> yeah, let's just put it out there. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, oh, nah. But really, I was like, yeah, I'm better than Beyonce. But 
But I was like, oh, yeah, she needs Jesus. Somebody pray for her tonight. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Why not? So I joined the choir, sang quietly at the back. And then like, my volume just got really loud. Not because of the, the mic. Because I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is awesome. So then, um, yeah, I've made, I've made my way to the front of the stage, guys. Um, it's not a performance, but it's how God uses our talents. And... The first time I got the mic, I had the choice of being scared or sing as loud as I can because I either listen or care about what everyone else is looking at me and thinking, how do I sing? Oh, so I belted it out because I was like, I'm not ashamed. Because in reality, my one gift, I wanted it to be multiplied into so many other gifts, so many other gifts, okay? Just chuck that down there. So I'll pick that up later, okay? Because without me knowing that one gift that I had for over 18 years, has allowed me to be a person of relationships, with connection. I'm in the host team. I'm in the worship team. Why? Because those, it's come out of my gift from God. And if I had that, I would have still been the same person sitting in the back, not talking about you, but, or you. You know, in your timing, yeah, the Lord will, you know, somehow bring you down. But, like, no, seriously, Yeah. Um, these are on purchase for $50 after the show. I'm going to X conference tomorrow. I need some pocket money. Anywho. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's just how I am, eh? It's humor, but, you know, God gives a message. So if you have that one gift and you're hiding it, just remember, you're going to get two, 3,000 gifts out of it. And no one can stop you. Okay, if you haven't guessed what my gift was, it's not speaking. Um, it was singing. But yeah, hope um, something resonated with you guys tonight. I was going to do a prayer, but yeah. But wait, wait, wait. Not finished, okay? Wait. Yeah. Just remember, God can bring you out of anything. He can remove things that the enemy has allowed you to sit with all those times. He's, he can remove any lie from your life because it's not for you, okay? Because God can do it, okay? Yeah. So I just want to finish off with this one song. And you can YouTube it afterwards, okay? Figure it out for yourself. Go look for it. If you don't know, you come talk to me after church because we're going out to dinner to Burgerfield. Who's got five bucks? Yeah, he's got me after, guys. It's a combo. We're going to upgrade there. Everybody say amen. I heard that. I heard that, yeah. YouTube the song, okay, guys? Because you've got to look for it because it's a good song, okay? Okay, let's go. So, guys. This is the song that I carry every day because it reminds me and it speaks true. So it goes. My God can do anything, anything, anything. My God can do world and all its goodness and all the time shall bring my God can do anything just remember guys is up for purchase fifty dollars each have a good night
Wow. So good. Can you just pass me my jacket? Has someone got a handbag? Is there like a bottle or like, yeah, just, yeah, and, yeah, that'd be good. Somebody got something. Yeah, give me a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can I have that big man? Isn't it amazing how somebody speaks something over your life and we're just like, oh yeah, I'll pick that up. Do you know, like, just hearing that message from Jesse, tonight I really want to encourage you that God says, my friend, whatever you're carrying, just because you brought it in here doesn't mean you have to take it out. Just because they labeled you with that doesn't mean the label doesn't come off. Come on, what if tonight was the night where you let go of the weight that you've been carrying for a long time so that you could run free? If you're a long distance runner, how far do you want to run with a baby bag, a handbag, three boxes of chocolate, a jacket, and a bottle? Four boxes of chocolate. That's why you're my favorite. Hashtag Cavries. So good. But come on, this is why we come on Sundays. Because whatever you picked up this week that wasn't of Him, you don't have to take home with you. Friends, tonight it's a real privilege for us to be able to hear from all three of our interns. Tonight, our final guest appearance. Why don't you welcome to the stage, Shannon. obviously. Um, firstly, I just want to acknowledge um, Zoe and Jessie. Um, Jessie, she's awesome. Like, um, I can't believe that after, what, six months of being in church, she decides to do an internship and commits a year to God. And it's been such an awesome year getting to know you, Jessie. Um, and you're hilarious. <laughs> it's hard to follow. <laughs> Um, and Zoe, Zoe's just got this amazing gift of serving, serving the house of God. And um, yeah, she's just, she's someone to look up to or, or just observe her. Like she'll be, she'll fit any gap. Um, and it's not because it's a gap. It's because like she's needed there um, and she'll give it her all. So yeah, I'm really proud to serve alongside you guys and and get to know you this year. Um, so, back to me. I'm Shannon. I'm married to Matt Aldridge. Um, who he, He's got the um, Queen's booth today, so he's paid the price and gone up the top. Um, yeah, just to watch his wife. So nice. So we're, um, we've been married two and a half years, and we'll be expecting a Shannon Junior soon. Thank you. So I'm going to give you a brief history of me first. Um, I have two parents, one of which is here today, so my mum's here. Thank you. And a brother. Um, I was born in Auckland. I grew up in Christchurch. And I went to uni in Dunedin. 
Um, most of my younger life consisted of Irish dancing, and I was blessed to compete at two world championships. Um, ended about nine years of dancing in total, um, which was awesome. I also got connected to church through in my last year of high school, um, and the rest is history. So that's me in a nutshell. But you may learn a bit more about me through this message. Um, so this evening, I want to talk about being expectant in your faith journey. And I want to start by reading Luke chapter 10 um, and unpacking that scripture. So if you turn with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. I'll just assume that you're all there. <laughs> After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And I want to skip down to verse 17, which says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice in the spirits submitting to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So I find this passage really important in acknowledging the journey of faith that we are not all in the same season. Um, but we can use the tools that are in this verse, regardless of the season of life we're currently in. So I, I'm going to relate this verse to my second year uni, where I saw amazing growth in myself, but it was also a very challenging topsy-turvy year. So in my second year uni, I had a very eventful year, which looking at back could have gone either way. I... I, it was my first year flatting, and I ended up flatting with a group of girls who I didn't really know um, in this freezing Dunedin flat. And, and when I say freezing, it was like we had a heat pump in the hallway, um, but the back door was also in the hallway with a gap about this wide underneath it. Um, and all of my flatmates pretty much had a carpet of mould on their ceiling at the end of the year. Um, so it was divine. <laughs> Despite this, I was expectant that the, from the start of the year that it was going to be a good year. At the start of ver the verse, Jesus says 72 people go ahead, of, uh, select 72 people to go ahead of him to the cities he's visiting. All 72 went. And I'm sure all 72 were expectant of the mission 
um, that God was sending them on. That if Jesus was sending them on it, that they would see the miracles that they were seeing with Jesus out in the world. And I think regardless of what season you're in, if you're in a season of harvest, of pain, um, or in between, you should be expectant. If you're in a season of joy, then you'll be expecting miracles, you'll be expecting joy. If you're in a season of sorrow, you'll be expecting to come out the other side. Um, Or if you're not sure what season you're in, you'll be expecting to develop yourself um, and your relationship with God. So in my seeking your uni, I started with that expectancy. And in every season, I believe we should start with that expectancy that those selected few would have um, when, when Jesus sent them out. Then Jesus goes on to warn those being sent out in verse 3. I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. He basically says, I'm sending you out into a really daunting situation where you're going to have to persevere. In every situation and season, I believe there needs to be some sort of perseverance or endurance. In my second year uni, I had this also. One of my family members had a very traumatic experience happen to them that drastically changed them and the family members close to them. I was close to them, but I was also in the middle of my semester and I was completely removed from the situation. So I had to support them by being close in close communication with them. But it does feel like you're a lamb among the wolves. You feel insignificant and helpless But Jesus warns us, regardless of what you feel, endure. Personally, I'm glad he said, didn't say, I'm sending you out like lambs to be eaten by wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Though endurance is hard, it's what he says to do. So regardless of the season we're in, we should be aware that some endurance may be needed. In addition to this, in every season, I believe that there'll be miracles, big or small. Rejoice in them. Often, they're not what we expect, but still rejoice. In the middle of the verse, Jesus encourages encourages his followers to revel in the glimpses of good. Verses five to nine says, "When when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. It will, uh, will not rest on them. It will return to you. Therefore, stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Jesus is saying to his followers, regardless of the situation you're in, see the good and dwell in it. Don't dwell in the bad places, but look for the miracles. And when you see the miracles or the good, something better will come of it. Like the followers, they dwelt in the good places and they saw they could heal people. They saw the miracles um, they were witnessing with Jesus. In the same season... I had a major thing happen that I would consider a miracle. And testifying to God's goodness opened up positive doors for me. So it was early in the year, 
and I used a bike to get to work. It was a few kilometres from my house, um, but it gave me more time when I biked to do things. I was on my way to work, and I had waited for all the cars to stop and turn into my workplace. Unfortunately, as I turned, I suddenly saw a truck come on the inside, and it hit me, and I flew off my bike. Um, so in summary, I got hit by a truck. Um, <laughs> For some reason, instead of going to the hospital as recommended by the bystanders, I chose to go to work because I was running late for work and apparently cleaning's a very important job. <laughs> but I found out afterwards that I only had one bruise and a cut lip. I felt so blessed and because of that miracle, I dwelt in that place of rejoicing and joy to be alive for weeks to come. The final thing I want to note from this passage of scripture and it is that it's important to return to jo- return to God with joy and thanksgiving despite the crazy year of miracles perseverance high points and low points I celebrate God for that year as well as other years and seasons I can see growth that came from it and I'm so thankful of all that I achieved through God So Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 20 says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. When the followers returned to Jesus, they wanted to tell him everything they'd witnessed, everything they can do in their name. It's the same for us in every season we go through. There's a story to tell, whether it's breakthrough, endurance, pain, growth. But Jesus says, be thankful of what's to come and praise God. Learn to return to the Lord with joy and thanksgiving and believe for more in the next season. So from my time in Dunedin and from dwelling in this verse here, I challenge you, whatever season you're in, be expectant, be prepared to endure, rejoice in the miracles, and always return to the Lord with joy and thanksgiving. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.